0: Hello and welcome back to Bestie Chats with Soph. I am your host Sophia Panella, and I'm so happy to have you here. This episode is sponsored by Legion Athletics. Legion is the number one best selling brand of all natural sports supplements, with over 400,000 customers served and three million bottles sold. But well, you guys know how I roll. I'll be honest in telling you that supplements are not going to be the end solution to reaching your goals. And let me make it clear that you do not need supplements in order to reach your goals. Supplements are to be used if there are spaces in your diet that need to be filled, or if you're deficient in any vitamins and minerals, that's where dietary supplements will help you out. Legion has been the only supplement company that doesn't leave me feeling like Garbo, and that's because it's all natural supplements and better yet, they're all backed by research and science. Like it doesn't get better than that. My favorite products from Legion I use every day are their original grains, the peach ring pre-workout flavor. I'm not joking, you guys. It literally tastes like the peach rings candy and both the grass-fed whey and vegan cinnamon cereal protein powder best protein powder of all time. Both, both of them. They're so good. You can go to www.legionathletics.com and take the quiz to see what supplements will best fit you towards reaching your goals. And don't forget to use code SOFIA at checkout. Today's episode is going to be very short, sweet, but very fun, very fun. This is a highly requested episode from you guys. I am going to be giving you my top eight favorite books, of 2023. Now I'm actually, I was looking at my Goodreads and I'm actually very proud of myself because your girl read a lot this year. Your girl read a lot. And I didn't really realize it until I looked and I was making this episode and coming up with my list and everything. And I just feel good about, I just feel good about how much I read. I won't lie. And I'm going to toot my own horn for a second because the thing about reading to me is that Reading is a form of self love and self care, and it's it's a hobby of mine. It's my favorite hobby. Well, it's my only hobby, but it is my favorite hobby. And anytime I read, I'm doing it because I love it, and it makes me feel good. So be able to being able to see how much I read this year, it's like a tangible thing that that proves like you put time, effort, and energy into yourself this year. Like look at how much you read, look at how much time that you put aside for yourself you did it. And I'm just, I don't know. It makes me feel good. Like doing this episode is going to be really fun. And I just feel good about how much I read. And if you are new to reading, even if you aren't a reader, you can become a reader. Coming from a fellow girly who was not a reader growing up, okay? I spark-noted and checked my way through school. I've told you guys that plenty of times. I only read because it was required. And it's like, you know what they say, you you're not a reader until you find the right book and then that gets you into reading. You know? So, I don't know. I just feel happy about it and making this episode was really, really fun. So, thank you guys for requesting this. But let's just let's just get right into it, okay? So, I made a list of 8 books I was going through my good reads. Um, I just didn't really want to do 10, to be honest. You're like, you're probably like, why the fuck are you doing eight? Because I was looking at like my favorite books and only eight of them came up as like, okay, I actually really did like these. The other ones were just like, meh, you know, they were okay. Um, but eight books, we're going to start off with number eight and I'm going to leave you hanging at the end with my number one favorite book, which I'll tell you that my number one favorite book, there was not a doubt in my mind no hesitation that this was my favorite book that I read in 2023. I still think about it all the time. It lives rent-free in my frontal lobe. I cannot wait to reread it because I definitely inhaled that. And I know that it was like, I just read the book so quickly that I know I didn't take in all the information, but it was enough for me to absolutely fucking love it. Okay. But 2023 was a year of kind of trying out some different genres. Okay. We went into some very, very dark, twisted romance. And also we went into the fantasy world for the first time ever, and I loved it. It was very fun. Two opposite sides of the spectrum, really good palette cleansers, I feel like, for both. And I loved it. So we're going to get all different kinds of stuff today. But let's just start off with number eight. Now, I do want to say, too, that I'm not going to give any spoilers. I'm actually going to read the book descriptions for each and every book. So what you would read on like the back cover of like what the book is about. I'm actually going to read that to you. I don't want to give any spoilers because I know that some of you guys are going to use this as inspiration for your TBR. Um, some of you guys maybe have read this, these books, but I don't want to spoil anything for you guys at all. I am not a spoilers kind of gal. If I am, I'm going to let you know, but I will be reading the book descriptions for each book. So you can kind of maybe know what it's about. Maybe be like, you know what? I kind of like this. I feel like I would very much like this. Let me add it to my TBR. Okay. So let's start off with book number eight. Drum roll, please. Book number eight was, or is, I should say, Does It Hurt by H.G. Carlton. Now, H.G. Carlton is an author that I enjoy. The writing isn't my favorite out of all the authors that I've read, I won't lie, or at least the writing for this book, but I like the way that they write. A lot of the characters have a lot of trauma, a lot of like childhood trauma or trauma they've gone through in their life. And it kind of comes out in the books that you read. Um, and you get like where they're currently at all the drama and then their past is brought up in the book. And then it kind of comes full circle on why they they are the way they are. So I, I like that. I like when you like get to know a character and you're like, okay, this is how they are. You wonder why they are the way they are. And then they bring up the past and it's like, this is actually what happened to lead them to how they're a little bit, a little kooky right now, a little little troubled. Okay. So let me read to you guys the book, um, what this book is about. And I will say it's an enemies to lovers. Okay. It's got a little bit of paranormal. It's got a little bit of spooky, but it's an enemies to lovers, which we love. Come on. We love a good enemies to lovers. Okay. So book description goes, who am I? I have forgotten the answer to that question long ago, ever since I ran from that house. So desperate to escape, I left with only the clothes on my back and socks on my feet. After that day, I've only ever walked in stolen shoes. Could I be a girl who was searching for the meaning of life in faceless men? They were all so forgettable until he came along. He took me under a waterfall and made me forget my name. And in return, I took his instead. Enzo Vitale, an Italian man. Hi, come on. Is this book added to your TBR right fucking now? A man that will only ever love the deep sea or rather the predators that inhabit it. Turns out he's not so different than the monsters that he feeds. He lured me onto his boat like a fish in the ocean, seeking vengeance for my crime. Had I realized his intentions and that a massive, massive storm would leave us shipwrecked, I would have ran. Now I'm a girl who's seeking refuge in a decrepit lighthouse with a man who loathes me almost as much as he craves me. He wants to hurt me, but the old caretaker of the abandoned island may have intentions far more sinister. It's no longer a question of who I am, but rather, will I survive? So you get the gist, okay? Some shit happened in her past that makes her who she is today she finds this man, she's doing her usual bullshit that she does, finds this man. He kind of, you know, makes her feel something that she hasn't felt in a long time. And then she does something to him that's not great. He is, um, works. He's like a, I don't know, what do you call it? He's a sea guy. He likes to see, okay? He likes to explore the seas, a marine biologist kind of guy. Takes her out, you know, tries to get revenge on her. They end up getting caught in a massive storm. They're shipwrecked and then they're in a lighthouse with this creepy ass old man and they're basically stuck in the lighthouse trying to find a way out. Lots of shit happens. That is like the bare minimum of the story, Enemies to Lovers, um, and also In the Lighthouse, very paranormal, thrillery, creepy fucking stuff, which I, that's what made me, I think, really like this book is that there was a little bit of spookiness. I was like, wait a minute. I was like up reading at night and I'm like, wait a minute. I'm kind of fucking scared right now. I'm kind of scared. Okay. So that was book number eight for me. I really liked it. I actually posted about this on TikTok. And it caught a little bit of traction. A lot of you guys read the book from that TikTok and you're like, okay, I I really loved it. Some of you guys were like, this is not really my jam. That's the fun thing about reading is that depending on your own life experience, what your morals, values, beliefs are, how you receive information and receive the book is going to be different than, than, you know, what, what I like. So I overall, I really liked it. I really did. So that was my number eight. Okay. Moving on to number seven, number seven, I put as the ritual by Chantal Tessier. Now the ritual is book number one out of four in the Lord's series. So book number one, The Ritual, book two, The Sinner, book three, The Sacrifice, and book number four is actually what I'm currently reading right now and about 60% of the way through called Carnage, okay? I'm going to tell you right now, (laughs) I would die for the Lord's. I would drop everything and die for the Lords, all right? I really would. But the ritual I put is number seven. And I'll tell you right now that the sacrifice, which is book number three, I also, I put that as number six. The sinner, that is book number two. I hope you guys are following. I didn't really care for. I didn't really love the characters, couldn't really get attached to them. The male, female, couldn't really get attached to them. But book number one, let's, let's talk about it, okay? I loved it. I loved it. This is dark. This is spicy. This is twisted. Okay. And the Lord's <laughs> also, they live rent-free in my head. I think about them all the time. Okay. So let me give you the book description. This, this book description is going to make you want to read this yesterday. Okay. Ready? Sit down. The God, <laughs> The chosen one. I vow, you vow, we vow. Barrington University is home of the Lords, a secret society that requires their blood and payment. They're above all the most powerful men in the world. They devote their lives to violence in exchange for power. And during their senior year, they are offered a chosen one. People think growing up money is freeing, but I promise you it's not. My entire life has been planned out for me. I never got the chance to do what I wanted until Riot Alexander Archer came along and gave me the option for a better life. He offered me what no one else had ever had, freedom. I chose to be his. He made me believe that anyway, but it was just another lie. A way that the lords manipulate you into doing what they want. After being sucked into the dark, twisted world of the Lords, I embraced my new role and allowed Riot to parade me around like the trophy I was to him. But like all things, what started out as a game soon became a fight for survival, and the only way out was death. Okay, so it's about this high society, secret society called the Lords, powerful men that run the world. And basically these boys go through college and they're not allowed. They have to be like celibate in college. They have to stop foo fooing throughout college. And then their senior year, once they've completed all of their tasks of becoming a lord, lots of violence, lots of bloodshed, yada yada, lots of illegal shit. Um, then they are offered a chosen one. They're offered a woman, okay, which I know, I know it sounds crazy, but it's like they're, you know, a lot of their friends see these women as objects, but these are the characters that actually end up kind of falling for their girls. So there is like a softer side to this. There is like a, a real romance ish side to this. Okay. But that is the first book in the series. Now, again, didn't care for book number two. That is not on my top eight, but let's go to my book number six, which I already told you is book number three in the Lord series called The Sacrifice, also by Chantal Tessier. I hope you guys are following. I know that there's a lot of numbers flowing around, okay? I really, really like this book because I felt like the main guy character, he was a lot deeper, been through a lot more shit. It was a lot more meaningful of what happened in this story and why it happened. And also. In the first two books, you read about this guy and you wonder, his name is Tyson, and you wonder, like, what the fuck happened? Like, you're like, why? Like, they always talked about in book number one and two about Tyson and, like, all these different things and why he chose to, like run this club instead of like becoming a high Lord and everything. And you always wondered about him and you get his story in this book. And I really, this was my favorite book out of the three. So, I mean, I know there's four, I'm still reading, you know, the fourth one right now, but let me read you this book description. So it says, His lady, a lord is to marry after he graduates from Barrington University, an elite college for the rich. A lady's job is to help him fit into a world unaware of his secret society. The lord does not get to choose who he spends the rest of his life with, but there's always an exception to the rule, and it just so happens to be his. I vow, you vow, we vow. I was wed to a lord of my parents' choosing. Wealth can't buy you everything, or I would have had freedom years ago. Instead, my strict parents made sure I lived a dull life in a mansion resembling a prison. But on my wedding day, I was handed over to another man, an even more ruthless lord that my family hated. Tyson Riley Crawford only wanted me for his revenge. I'm nothing more than a debt to be paid. I didn't have anything to say in the matter. So when I said my vows before the congregation, I knew I'd break them. Consequences be damned. Too bad I underestimated my husband and didn't realize he was more determined to punish me than I was to succeed at escaping. He'll make me choke on his... (laughs) Sorry, he literally does though. He'll make me choke on those words I used to bind myself to him. Yet he couldn't have seen what our future held. Ultimately, we're all just pawns in a game that none of us can win unless you're willing to pay the ultimate sacrifice. And even that might not be enough. So technically these books, like these, I think the first book could be read as a standalone kind of, but actually, you know what? Hold on, let me look to see if... No, I think you do have to read the first couple books. But anyways, um, yeah, it's good. It's good. It's good. This is like a crazy plot twist revenge. um, And of course, they end up kind of falling for each other, all these different things. So this is kind of like an enemies to lovers, too, because they weren't meant to be together. Whereas in The Ritual, the first book, like she chose him, right? And they kind of chose each other. Whereas in this case, like they did not choose each other and Tyson only chose her out of revenge and spite for something that her family did to him. It's this whole intertwined thing. And I'll tell you right now that the fourth book that I'm reading right now, Carnage, it just came out. It just came out like a month ago. It is so spicy and smutty. It's like, okay, I won't lie. There's no plot besides Dick until like, 55% of the way in. Okay. Cause there's a part one and there's a part two. I didn't know this until I read part one, but part one was straight, like just straight the whole time, which I'm not, I'm not upset about. I was, I needed that so badly. So I was like, perfect, great. Love it. But then I was like, okay, when's the plot going to come in? And now there's a lot of plot twists going on. So I'm happy with it, but that, okay. Anyways, that is my book number six. Let's move on to book five. We are now in the top five, baby. Okay, so book number five for me was drum roll, please. "Haunting Adeline" by H.G. Carlton. We all friggin' knew. We all knew that I was going here. Okay, "Haunting Adeline" by H. D. Carlton. This is the cat and mouse duet. There's two books. There's "Haunting Adeline" and "Haunting Adeline." So, Haunting Adeline, I put as number five, and I'll tell you right now that Haunting Adeline, I put as book number four. I enjoyed the second book a lot more than the first, but I really liked the first one. The first one shocked me, okay? Because listen, when I read the ritual and, or the Lord series, right? it's a little bit unrealistic. Okay. They're in college. It's this high society. It's all this like crazy stuff. And they do all these things. That's not really realistic. Like I went to college and there was no Lords at my college. Okay. And so that kind of, when I was reading, I was like, oh, it's, it's too unrealistic for me to even like try to relate to. Whereas haunting and hunting Adeline was very realistic. It was very realistic. Haunting Adeline. I was like, woohoo, woof woof okay the gun scene hi i'll just tell you that i'll just tell you that and you'll know when you know and if you already do then you get it okay so let me let me read the book description the manipulator i can manipulate the emotions of anyone who lets me i'll make you hurt make you cry make you laugh and sigh but my words don't affect him especially not when i plead for him to leave he's always there watching and waiting and i can never look away not when i want him to come closer The shadow. I didn't mean to fall in love, but now I have. I can't stay away. I'm mesmerized by her smile, by her eyes, and by the way she moves. The way she undresses, I'll keep watching and waiting until I can make her mine. And once she is, I'll never let her go. Not even when she begs me to. While not required, it is highly suggested to read the novella Satan's Affair first. This book was previously banned on Amazon due to the trigger warning. Please read the reviews on the author's website. So. So yeah, um, Satan's Affair is, is suggested you read first. I actually read it third and I thought it was fine. You don't actually have to read Satan's Affair at all. And I don't, I wouldn't suggest reading it first. I would actually read Haunting Adeline first, but major, major blaring red flag trigger warnings on these two books. Okay. They are very heavy. These are not, like not everybody can read these books, and I know I've said like the past, you know, the Lord series was dark and spicy, and whatever. But like haunting and hunting, Adeline is a very, re- and that's why I said it's a very realistic level of spice. It's very dark. It is not going to be everyone's cup of tea. So it's about the shadow and the manipulator. Those are the two, right? And it's really good. I liked I liked the first book a lot enough for me to like read the second book, obviously. Um, there was a lot of stuff that happened in the first book, but it kind of was like a little bit confusing and you have to read the second book, I think, which is hunting Adeline in order to really like the first book. And in order to understand the characters, understand why he does what he does and understand why she feels the way she feels You have to read the second book. If you read the first book and you're like, what the actual shit did I just read? Why would Sophia ever suggest this? Please trust me. Please read the second book and then report back. Because it was one of those things where I I really liked it, but I was like, okay, this is like, this is a little bit fucking creepy and strange to the point where it's like, creepy, inappropriate, not okay, illegal. Okay. You know what I'm saying? And then you read the second book and you're like, okay, now this is full circle. It definitely, it makes sense. And you kind of start to really, by the end of the second book, you really enjoy the main characters. You really enjoy, um, yeah, both of them a lot. So anyways, that's haunting Adeline. Now hunting Adeline is my book numero four. Okay. Let me read the description to you. Now this one, oh, this one was really scary to me, like very realistic and scary, but I'm really glad. I'm really glad that I read it. Um, Same author, H.G. Carlton. Again, this is actually the same author as book number eight, Does It Hurt? I like their writing. I like the writing that they wrote better in these two books than Does It Hurt? But anyways, so here's the book description. The final installment of the Cat and Mouse Duet, The Diamond Death Walks Alongside Me, but the reaper is no match for me. I'm trapped in a world full of monsters dressed as men and those who aren't as they seem. They won't keep me forever. I no longer recognize the person I've become and I'm fighting to find my way back to the beast who hunts me in the night. They call me the diamond, but they've only created an angel of death. The hunter. I was born a predator with ruthless and with ruthless ingrained in my bones. When what's mine is stolen from me in the night, like a diamond hidden within a fortress, I find that I can no longer contain the beast, Blood will paint the ground as I tear apart the world to find her and bring her back to where she belongs. No one will escape my wrath, especially not those who have betrayed me. Warning. This is the second and final installment of the duet. You must read haunting Adeline first. You have to, yeah, you cannot read this one. Um, They're not standalone books. So very poetic, right? Very poetic of H.G. Carlton to write it that way. But basically she kind of gets taken away and then he basically has to fucking find her, which is why it's hunting Adeline. He's hunting her. But the way that she was taken away and what she has to deal with when she is was very, very difficult to read. Um, it's actually my biggest fear. It's my biggest fear and reading about it, I feel like actually kind of helped me in a sense. Um, and I thought it was very realistic. I thought it was very realistic what was written about her and like what she had to deal with and what she had to do, but it's it's heavy. It's heavy. I'm warning you now, okay? So if you come crying to me, I'm going to tell you that I told you so. Okay, on to the final 3, our top our top my top 3 books. Okay? The third book that I have in my top 8 books of 2023 is a Court of Wings and Ruin, ACOWAR, as a lot of you guys know this book by. This is the third book in the akatar series, which the akatar acronym stands for A Court of Thorns and Roses. The first book in the series is of court of, of court of Thorns and Roses, hello. Second book, A Court of Mist and Fury. Third book, A Court of Wings and Ruin, fourth book, A Court of Frost and Starlight, and the fifth book, A Court of Silver Flames. Now there are, oh, I guess, okay, it does say A Court a court of Frost and Starlight is book 3.5, okay, because it's a very skinny, it's like a little novella, okay? It's a very skinny, tiny book. um, And then it does say the fourth book is A Court of Silver Flames, but... I would just, okay, there's basically four books. Now, there's going to be more books. This is an unfinished series, which is really exciting. I've never read an unfinished series before, so this was my first experience of that, which I'm really excited for because then when the fifth book comes out, we'll all be able to read it together. Like, I'll be in on the hype, you know? But this is a fantasy romance series. This is not a spicy romance series. Are there spicy parts to it? Yes, but what this is about is tension building and world building. There is a fuck ton of world building here. Okay. Now the previous books that I've mentioned, not, not too much world building, um, enough, but not too much. It's a lot of like smutty, spicy, crazy, all these different things. Whereas like a court of thorns and roses, this whole series is slow it is world building. You have to marinate in it. This is not a one-off spicy, smutty romance. So if that's what you're looking for, this is not what you're going to want, okay, by any means at all. So fair warning, if that's what you're wanting, this is not going to give it to you. But if you're wanting, you're going to have to commit. You have to commit to the part. Once you read the first one, you're going to want to read all of them. So book number three was my third favorite book that I read in 2023, okay? I thought it was I thought it was amazing. Now, let me read the book description for you. I'm not sure how much sense this will make, but let's let's see the epic third novel in the number one New York Times bestselling A Court of Thorns and Roses by Sarah J. Moss. Oh, I don't think I, I told you guys the author. Sarah J. Moss, SJM universe. Um, here we go. Feyre has returned to the spring court, determined to gather information on Tamlin's actions and learn what she can do about the invading King threatening to bring her, her land to its knees. But to do so, she must play a deadly game of deceit. One slip could bring doom, not only for Feyre, but for everything and everyone she holds dear as war bears down upon them all, Feyre endeavors to take her place amongst the high fae of the land, balancing her struggle to master her powers, both magical and political, and her love for her court and family. Amidst these struggles, Feyre and resan must decide whom to trust amongst the cunning and lethal high lords and hunt for allies in unexpected places. Okay? So, I, you know, that doesn't give away too much, but I can't... I just... It's hard. It's hard to even describe, like, Actar. Like, what am I supposed to say? What am I supposed to say? Okay? But as you can tell with the acronym ACO WAR, there is a war that happens. The buildup to the war, I think is great. Um, I like the tension building and then the war happens and then shit hits the fan. Shit hits the fan in the war. It's a lot. Okay. A lot, a lot goes down. Um, guitar, you got to start it. You hear about it all the time. People talk about it all the time. You just, you just have to get into it. Okay. So let's move on to book number two. I don't know if this is going to catch you guys by surprise. Maybe book number two out of all the books I read is, drumroll please, Fourth Wing. Fourth Wing was my book number two by Rebecca Yaros. Now, Fourth Wing, I literally inhaled. When I tell you that like, I loved this book. I really, really love this book, which is why it's the second book on my list. Okay. And it's funny because, you know, well, I'm not gonna say, I'm not gonna say it yet, but uh fantasy. It's it's a fantasy world. It's a fantasy world that you're getting into. It's basically like if Divergent in the Hunger Games had a baby with Twilight with the sprinkle of Harry Potter. That's what I've been saying. Okay, and there is spice in it. Not a lot, but enough. Enough and a lot of tension building, okay. Enemies to Lovers moment, which we love. Little Triangle Love Game 2, which we also love. Okay, let me read the book description. Enter the brutal and elite world of a war college for dragon riders from USA Today bestsellers author Rebecca Yaros. 20-year-old Violet Sorengale was supposed to enter the Scribe Quadrant, living a quiet life amongst books and history. Now the commanding general, also known as her toughest talons mother, has ordered Violet to join the hundreds of candidates striving to become the elite of Navarre, dragon riders. But when you're smaller than everyone else and your body is brittle, death is only a heartbeat away because dragons don't bond to fragile humans. They incinerate them. With fewer dragons willing to bond than cadets, most would kill Violet to better their own chances of su- success. The rest would kill her just for being her mother's daughter, like Zayden Riorson, the most powerful and ruthless wing leader in the Riders' Quadrant. quadrant. Hello. She'll need every edge her wits can give her just to see the next sunrise. Yet with every day that passes, the war outside grows more deadly. The kingdom's protective wards are falling and the death toll continues to rise. Even worse, Violet begins to suspect leadership is hiding a terrible secret. Friends, enemies, lovers. Everyone is at Basgayath War College has an agenda because once you enter, there are only two ways out, graduate or die. I feel like I really butchered the word name. Listen, okay, listen. When you read Fourth Wing, all the different names, there's a lot of world, a good amount of world building. All the different names, it's a lot. It's it's a lot. Um, Apparently, a lot of these names are based off of the Scottish Gaelic language, which is very, very cool. I, I love that, okay? So I definitely probably should have looked up how to pronounce all the different names. But you know when you read a book, and you pronounce it one way in your head the entire time, and then you hear somebody say it maybe on book talk, and you're like, there's no fucking way that it's pronounced that way. I would rather live in my happy world with the way that I pronounce it, right? That's how I am with a, lot, with a lot of these fantasy books, um, but especially fourth wing, okay? So Enemies to Lovers, which we love. It's a fun fantasy world. I feel like it's fantasy, but it kind of is realistic. I'm like, I kind of want to go there, okay? Now, let me tell you, this book made me cry. This book made me sob, the first book to actually make me cry. I didn't even cry in ACOTAR. I got emotional, but I didn't cry. This book made me quite literally sob at one point, and you'll understand what point it is. Once you reach it, I'm not going to talk about it. We're not going to talk about it, okay? We're not going to talk because I... I still think about that scene all the time. Anyways, loved it. That is my book number two. Now let's move on to my number one book of 2023, baby. You probably saw this coming. If you've been following my book talk journey, you probably saw it coming. You probably saw it coming. Without further ado, my favorite book of 2023, without a doubt in my mind, no hesitation, is A Court of Mist and Fury by Sarah J. Moss. Okay. This book absolutely changed me. This is the second book in A Court of Thorns and Roses. The tension building, the character building, the depth of this book goes unmatched. What you thought you read in the first book and everything that you believed is totally opposite in the second book. You have to read this book in order to really enjoy and also understand kind of little scenes that happen in the first book a lot more. Okay, this one, oh my God, it's so good. It's so good. Chapter 54 and 55, you let me know when you get to it. You send me a fucking DM, you send me an email, whatever, pigeon carry it to me, what you think, of those two chapters because i think about them all the time and i'm actually going to reread them today just because i'm thinking about it okay book description the seductive and stunning number one new york times best-selling sequel to sarah J. moss's spellbinding a court of thorns and roses pharah has undergone more trials than one human woman can carry in her heart though now she's been granted the powers and lifespan of the High Fae, she is haunted by her time under the mountain and terrible deeds she performed to save the lives of Tamlin and his people. As her marriage to Tamlin approaches, Feyre's hollowness and nightmares consume her. She finds herself split into two worlds, one who upholds her bargain with Resand, High Lord of the Feared Night Court, and one who lives out her life in the Spring Court with Tamlin. While Feyre and Averg... Hello, can I speak... While Feyre navigates a dark web of politics, passion, and dazzling power, a greater evil looms. She might just be the key to stopping it, but only if she can harness her harrowing gifts, heal her fractured soul, and decide how she wishes to shape her future and the future of a world in turmoil. It is so good. It is so good. You have to. You have to read A Court of Thorns and roses you have to. This book, Akomaf, Akomuf, it was just, it was my favorite. It made me keep going in the series, but each book that I read after that in the series, I was like, nothing is as good as the second book. It just did not. I was like, nothing lives up to the second book. Their love story, I won't tell you who, but their love story is absolutely epic. And it's one of my favorite love stories that I think I've ever read. But that concludes my top books of 2023. Hopefully you guys added some of these to your TBR. Maybe you've already read some of these, but this was such a fun episode. You guys, thank you for, um, inspiring me to do this and for requesting this because it was really fun to kind of go through all the different books that I read in 2023 and pick out my faves. Like who doesn't like to talk about books? You know what I mean? But if you guys listened all the way through, I so greatly appreciate it. I freaking love you guys so much. Um, I hope y'all are having a nice winter so far. Can you believe that we're like almost halfway through December? Yeah. Are we okay? Are we doing okay? How is it already halfway through December? Almost. I cannot believe it. I cannot freaking believe it. But anyways, I love you guys so much. Thanks for hanging with me today. Thank you for always requesting some really good books. If you guys have any more requests based off of what I said I liked and what I didn't like, please send me some more requests. I'm always adding to my TBR, but I just love you guys so much and I will talk to you soon.